For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. I mean, here's a guy that criticizes everybody, whoever they take. He's got the answers to uh, who you should take and who you shouldn't take. And all of a sudden, he's an expert. He's in our paper two days ago telling us who we have to take. Welcome back to the next episode of the Believe in NFL Draft Prospects Podcast, part of the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Joe DeLeon, joined by two NFL Draft analysts, Ryan Roberts and Alex Kilstrap. Today's episode, we're continuing on with summer scouting, and we will be discussing offensive tackles today. So we're making some good progress. We've got a ton of other position groups under our belts. If you missed those episodes, go back and check them out. There's a lot, a lot of great content in there. Before we get to that, though, folks, I do need to fill you in very quickly on Bet Online. The month of June is heating up with a ton of exciting sports action, and Bet Online is where you can find it. From basketball and hockey playoffs to baseball, by the way, it's July. I don't know why I said June. Thanks, Alex, for updating the read. Um, hockey playoffs, and he's going to text me. He's going to, no, not you, Alex, uh, my co producer, I believe. He's going to text me because he's going to realize I called him out. Uh, from basketball and hockey playoffs to uh, baseball's marquee matchups, including prop bets and futures. BetOnline has all of the latest odds, news, and information for all of your online sports betting needs. Visit the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next tip-off, face-off, or pitch, head on over to BetOnline and start playing today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, perfect. So, Alex, we need an update here. Mm. Because last week you weren't right. here, and you were selling houses. Did you sell the houses? Uh, yes, uh, house is sold. Oh. It's under contract, but yeah, it's it's sold. Oh, there we go. Yeah, okay, okay. Something. So you're go. So the the money, the commission off of that's going towards the studio we're building. Yeah, the right. one in Atlanta. See y'all there. <laughs> I'll nah. move to Atlanta if you New build Jersey, a studio. Baby. New Jersey. New Jersey. It's sucks. cold. I'm New Jersey's over. No one wants to live Charlie, in the cold. New Jersey made if you. There's a, it made you. If we if we built a studio uh, in Georgia, I would go to Georgia. If, if there's it, a lot to do in Atlanta, Ryan, what's there to do in Jersey except yeah. go to the beach? Is it what's, we what's swim the, in Alex's pool, what, live in his basement? Exactly. What's the closest state to Atlanta outside of Georgia? The clo- the ones that touch it. Yeah, Florida, the state? Florida, South Carolina, Tennessee, Alabama, South North Carolina. Carolina. Which one's the closest? Someone has to be closest. Oh, to Atlanta itself? Yes. Uh, probably yes. Alabama. Oh, no. Okay. We can't do that. I, I give up. Why? I was going to try to work with you and say, like, if it was one of the Carolinas or Florida, I would work with it. But no, nah, I can't. It might be Tennessee. If That's anything, it's whack. Tennessee, but I think it's Alabama, probably. Oh, Tennessee's, Tennessee's even worse. Yeah, I agree. It's less teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, let's start talking about some offensive linemen. So this this tackle class – thank you for that, Ryan. Uh, this tackle class has been significantly talked down on by Ryan on social media. I don't know if Alex has been as vocal. No, I try to save Ryan it for the podcast. Been, yeah, Ryan's been very vocal about how much he dislikes 
this tackle class. And I, I think that's very interesting where, like, last year we had some pretty good names, some talented guys. We had Penny Sewell, who was a de facto top 10 pick, and then some other guys that were good enough to go within the top 15, top 20. Some guys slid like Tevin Jenkins, but are still going to have really good pro careers. This this year doesn't sound the same. Ryan, why are you so down on this year's class? Like, What does it look like from, from the top view of, of all these guys? Well, I think 2020 was really good, the top four. I think 2021, there was a lot of depth. I think this class, and I put it on Twitter, and it wasn't all, all the way well-received. I think the adjective I used was cheeks. It is cheeks. Um, I, I, I don't know, man. I'm just – I'm really struggling with this class at the top, to be honest. Like, there's a couple guys that, like, I can see it, but, like, it's not tangible yet. Like, it's it's there's still projection there. And then I see, like, after that, usually you, you hit a couple guys that you're like, okay, that's a solid dude. Like, you know, late first, second round. Like, I'm good with that. But for me, that second and third tier of offensive tackles is all projection. It's it's all projection. So honestly, it reminds me a little bit of the quarterback class. Do I think it'll end up being a bad class? No, I wouldn't say that. But I'm just like right now, both the top and middle tier are all the same to me. Like there is a lot of projection. I don't think that there's a guy right now that I'd be comfortable. <sighs> there's one guy I would be comfortable taking in the top ten. There is definitely not another. There's not – I don't even know if there's – I don't think there's two guys that I would be super comfortable taking in the first round. There is so much projection in this class. I I don't know, man. It's, it, I'm missing it with it right now. I'm missing it with this offensive tackle class. I feel like we have this conversation every year at the offensive tackle position specifically, and I think that's really just a testament to how long it takes for these 19, 20-year-old guys, offensive tackles, to develop to be good college players and then be projectable uh, NFL talents as well. Like you said, Ryan, this year there's a bunch of guys that you see the physical traits, you see the makeup of being a really good football player, but they just haven't really put it all together, and I feel like we see that every year. I mean, last year, of course, we had Penny Sewell and you, people like Sammy Cosme. You know, over the summer, there were there were some there were some guys you saw it with, but um, and and I don't think it's quite as strong at the top as it has over the last two years, especially two years ago. That that you know historic group at the top with Mackay Beckton, Tristan Wirfs, that group there. But I see three guys I like in the first round right now, um, and then I see and I see guys in that next bucket that I, I like to talk about that. I think has tools. Like you said, there's a lot of projection, yes, but I feel like we get that every year. I think there's always a couple guys you like as first-round guys over the summer, but then the rest of it is just a grab bag of different you know, different styles of offensive tackles, whether they're missing the, the lower body strength or they're missing the technical work or the athleticism. You know, they they're, haven't checked all the boxes that you'd like to see at the offensive tackle position, especially for a first-round caliber football player. So I just think we see this every year, um, and there is a lot of projection to be had in that next bucket after the top three. But I see three, so I'm, I feel like I'm a little bit higher. So preliminary grades, I will tell you this. It's going to be close on the second one because uh, I haven't put out his official grade yet. But I will say I think that I'm only going to have one first-round grade of this offensive tackle group. Right? Wow. So just to put that in the yeah. context. Wow. I could see that. I mean, it's it, grades and, and projecting where they'll go are obviously two different things. And that's a converse, that's another conversation. But in, yeah. and as far as grades go, they're probably I, I would say two, maybe that third one. But I see three guys in here that I'd be comfortable taking in the first thirty two picks is what, what more of what I meant. Fair enough. Yeah, it's it's never a good thing when you have this this circumstance of not really a lot of good talent to bank on because that seemingly has always been 
an issue in the NFL is teams being able to rebuild their offensive lines. And some of the worst teams in every at the top of every draft order, most of the reasons why they're bad is because they have bad offensive lines. So you're bad in this upcoming 22 class. You're not really going to have a lot of resources to fix that offensive line if you need if you need tackles to to build from the outside in. So it's going to be really, really tough for some of these teams that are going to be in desperate need of a rebuild for the, their their tackles. Getting into a guy that might have the biggest upside as we do on this show, someone who has a ton of potential but maybe isn't really there yet. Who would we go with as the high upside favorite? Ryan, let's hear who you got first. I almost went with who Alex picked, but I will say Sean Ryan to me, UCLA offensive tackle. Uh, so I watched the film, and I had seen him. And, Alex, I, I think this is why I was alluding before we started that if you had listened to the podcast last week, I told Joe that I believe that Sean Ryan – so last year everyone you know talked about J.C. Horn. Like he was ranked within 100, 250 picks, and then I, I was the first-round grade on him, and then eventually he rose. I think this is my J.C. Horn of this year. I think it's Sean Ryan. And why I like Sean Ryan so much is I think he hits all the measurable 6'5", 318 listed. But the unteachables for him is what I just think is stupid. Like, I think that he is an outstanding athlete. I think that he can create a ton of power in some very small amount of spaces. And then you go back and you look at it and you're, and you're just, you know, verifying things. I love offensive tackles with track backgrounds. I absolutely love it. Um, throwing backgrounds, obviously. 63-and-a-half-foot shot putter, 160-foot discus thrower, which tells me not only does he have core strength, he also has balance, and he does have balance. I have yet to see this guy on the ground when it's not on top of somebody else. He keeps his balance, outstanding foot quickness, incredible power. I think the baseline traits here are fantastic. I think this kid could be an all-pro. I put out a preliminary grade on him. And I gave him a comp to Jedrick Wills. I think that he reminded me so much of the Alabama first-rounder from two years ago. I think that he is a fantastic football player. I reserve the right to speak on this later. Uh Uh-oh. Don't do it. Oh, man. I do. Uh I I reserve the right. Oh, oh God. You're spoiling more than you're saving. Alex, you ended up going with with Evan Neal here out of Alabama. (laughs) And it's... We're about to bash Alex, Alex Leatherwood, who was one of his tackle mates at Alabama. But Evan Neal seems to be a popular name right now. And I know you guys were saying there isn't really a lot of guys that are worthy of the first round conversation. And maybe Evan Neal isn't one of those guys, but he still seems to be a, a pretty trending name right now. So why are you a fan of, of Evan Neal? And why do you think he's, he has so much upside? Yeah, I mean, obviously it starts it, – let's just go back to, to – he seems to be kind of the consensus offensive tackle one going going over through the summer scouting series for everybody, um, and it's really due to just a lot of gifts. Physically, six foot seven, three hundred and seventy pounds. I mean, he's he's got a lot to like physically, and then he pairs that with violent hands, and I think he moves very very well for his size. So, if you just talk about physical skill set, let's talk about Makai Becton esque size. Makai Becton esque athleticism for that size and I just you you look at what Becton's been able to do over the first couple years of of his uh NFL career and I think you can see a lot of the same upside with Evan Neal and I think that's a lot of the 
excitement around him as a prospect right now. Um, I don't think he's all the way there, obviously. I mean, you, you shouldn't be, but as a, as a multi-year starter so far, going into his first year being draft eligible at the University of Alabama, says a lot about him. Uh, as a football player, I mean, this guy's a good football player, and he has a lot of physical traits that you you like projecting to the next level. From from like I said before, the size, the strength, the athleticism, he's got a lot of traits. Pair that with the Alabama coaching staff, who does has done a good job. I mean, let's talk about Alex Leatherwood, who we weren't as high on, obviously, especially Ryan, but that's still someone that went. It, it was re- well respected in the NFL enough to go in the first round in the middle of the first round there. And Alabama offensive linemen tend to find success at the next level, especially those that can back up their level of play and that that Alabama moniker that they carry with them with physical traits as well. And Evan Neal has all of that. So Evan Neal is going to go in the first round. There is no question. Let's I, like Alex kind of highlighted. There's the unteachables. There is this six foot seven, six foot eight. There is the 360 pounds, which he wears pretty well. Like it's not, it's not a sloppy yeah. 360. Like he looks good, and he's a very good athlete, and he has flexibility to him for that size, and he has good foot quickness for that size. But then the other part of it is Alabama. Just on, away from the Alabama thing for a second, he's a three-year starter. He's going to be a three-year starter in the SEC that has started at offensive guard, right tackle, and left tackle. So versatility aspect, three-year starter in the toughest conference of college football. He is going to be a first-round pick. There's no doubt about it. I do think he's still raw. I think that he is – there's sometimes where I think his feet get a little complacent and his upper body works in front of his lower body a little too much and his upper and lower body are a little disjointed. But the highs are absolutely very high. This was the other guy I kind of mentioned that I was thinking about using in this category because 6'8", 360 that can move, you don't see it too often. If there is a Mekhi Becton type in this draft, I think that it is going to be him. I know some people are going to talk about Daniel Falele from Minnesota, who has a similar size profile. But for me, it is Evan Neal that has that upside of being a top 15 pick. So now getting to what I think is what my favorite uh, superlative, if you will, for when we do these shows. The biggest bum in this week, the honorary name of this award goes to Alex Leatherwood. So the Alex Leatherwood Award, and I know, I know he got drafted in the first round, folks. But I think we can all agree he did not belong getting drafted (laughs) in the first round. So this week's Alex Leatherwood Award, somebody who is going to get hyped up a little bit too much right now or is getting hyped up way too much right now is not going to really pan out the way that people might expect. Who is it this week for you, Ryan? So uh, I need to start by saying that I was told before last season, I need to keep an eye out for this Indiana offensive tackle. His name is Caleb Jones, big boy, number 77. We just talked about about the size. Also, six eight and a half, three hundred and sixty plus pounds with thirty five inch arms. So my dude is a unit. So I watch him this past season. That he was a right tackle starter in twenty nineteen. They move him over to left tackle. First game I saw, and the only game I saw because that was it for me, was Ohio State. And let me just put this context here. Ohio State had Jonathan Cooper, who I think went in the sixth round, who was a solid football player, but, like, limitations. Just didn't have a ton of length. They have Tyreek Smith, who, day two pick, maybe. And then they had Zach Harrison, who was super raw, but maybe could be a first-round pick eventually. Like, he has that upside. So, they were both young and sixth-round pick last year on the defensive line. Still a good group, no doubt about it. But let me tell you. Might be the worst game I've ever watched of an offensive tackle in general. 
Oh my, my god. guy was getting run around, dude, like he was a turnstile. Like, like they just put a quarter in the little machine, getting on the train, and they just passed through. Like it was that easy. It was. So, do you think it's it's like he's so big he can't? I don't think move. he's flexible at all, and I think he has really slow feet. So, I think people are going to fall in love with the size, oh. but I don't think that he has the athletic traits. Like, I, I, I would if it was just a technical flaw. I could get away from it because it could be like a, hey, Evan Neal's not really there yet, but he has those unteachables that you bet on. I can't bet on anything with this Jones kid because I think that he's slow foot and I don't think he's super flexible. So I've already heard some people talk about him mid-round, maybe a riser because he has this great size because he's a three-year starter in the Big Ten. Hard pass. My guy is not a good football player. Hard pass. <laughs> Bum. In Bum. fact. Bum. In fact, See, that's something that I think a lot of people always get caught up with scouting, and then it's really big in recruiting. You have a guy that's that massive, and you just assume, man, this guy's so big, he's going to move people, he's got all this length. But we have to realize guys that are that big are not always the best athletes. It's tough to move at that size. So it's disappointing to hear that there's a guy at that at the that length and measurement and he's not living up to the potential expectation of a guy that big but it's hard to move when you're that large alex who do you have as your bum? for me it's someone that we've talked about for a couple years now uh on the west coast there washington state abraham lucas um let's start with what i like because that's a shorter list and that's good size six seven three twenty i mean he's got something there as far as his 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 size his length um, needs to add a little bit of weight, and I'll talk about that in a little bit. I think he has, he's a good pass blocker. I think that's what people bill him as, and I think that you know people talk about him as a day two esque player, and I just don't see it because he yes he he has good footwork out of his pass sets. Uh, he can get from point A to point B pretty well. Uh, you know I think he he moves pretty well out of his stance, but. He doesn't face well against power at all. He has no lower body anchor to him whatsoever, and I think that that's got a lot of projection to it. I think there's going to be a lot of weight added to that lower body because I just don't see it even coming close at times. I think he just gets overwhelmed uh, with you know from power rushers and with athletic edge rushers. If you can, if 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 edge rushers can can effectively get his weight and get his momentum on his outside foot on that track, that pass at track. I don't see the flexibility and the athleticism, the redirect, to, to, to be able to get back inside. So guys that can threaten the outside very well, as, as athletic you know, edge rushers can do, they have an inside track every time that he cannot, he cannot counteract. He can't counter uh, with inside moves at all at this point in his game. And then pair that with just the system they run, and that's really troublesome for me. You know, someone that... I don't think they've had a traditional run play in in his career. So someone that there's a lot of projection, you know, you have to work on his, you know, ability to change directions. He he gets from point A to point B well, but if you're trying to get him to go mirror somebody who's moving from left to right, he just doesn't do very well in that in that space. And then as well, he just has to be able to hold up against power, which I just don't see. He just doesn't have the leverage. He doesn't have that lower body explosion to sink his hips into the ground and, and hold up against power rusher. So there's just a lot of boxes left unchecked for me that I just don't see how you take this guy any sooner than round five, six at best. 
So Abraham Lucas is a guy that a lot of people are going to point to when they hear negativity, and they're going to say, "Don't scout the don't scout the helmet," because Andre Dillard isn't turning out too great. The first round pick from from 2019, right, with the Philadelphia Eagles, he got hurt this year. He right. struggled a lot as a rookie. But the reason that they're struggling, and it's not his fault, is the fact of like this Mike Leach system does not prepare them to effectively run block in a traditional manner. Like it is just basic, basic stuff. And I, so he's a guy that I've actually watched three times now because I watched him last summer in preparation because he was eligible last year. I watched him this year. And so my report came back. I think I gave him like a fourth or fifth round grade somewhere in that ballpark. And my biggest concern was the same thing Alex just said. I don't see any power there. I don't see any ability to counteract power. I don't see ability to drop his anchor. I don't see anything that tells me that he can handle any guys that have any semblance of speed to power conversion. So I, I'm, I'm cool with my report. And then someone says like, oh, well, he's a he's a freak in the weight room. He's an absolute freak. So I'm like, okay, I guess I got to go watch him again. And I watch him and it's the same thing. I, I, don't, I don't care... How much weight he's throwing around in the weight room, it doesn't translate to the football field. There is debilitating power profile here. I think he needs to get a ton stronger and handle power a lot better. Because right now, I think that he's going to go against some guys, the Cam Jordans of the world, the Joey Boses of the world. Those guys that bring a ton of power and a ton of upfield juice and have the ability to hit some inside counters, have the ability to convert speed to power. I don't see how he withstands that. There's a good profile. I would take him in the middle rounds because I see projectability. But right now, like any talk of early day two or even like mid to late day two, I'm out of as well. So I agree with Alex on that one. So shifting our focus now, talking a little bit more positively, guys that we think could be major risers throughout this process, the name that the moniker for this watch list this year is the Christian Derisaw watch list who seemed to pop up out of nowhere and ended up being a highly selected pick in the 2021 NFL draft. Now, if we had to project somebody who we think might be a crazy riser, and I find it so funny, I want to get into the, the guy that you guys are in agreement on before, Ryan, you give your, your second player. Of course, finding a way to fit in that second player. Someone's I find it so funny. Episode. Here we are. Here we are yet again talking about a Northern Iowa offensive tackle that has a disturbing physical profile at his size and his athleticism because you and I continues to pump out insane athletes. So let's hear about Trevor Penning, the Northern Iowa tackle. Yeah, I'll start with with Trevor Penning because that's who I put here, someone that – it's just outside of my top five. Uh, you know, I saw, we'll talk about the top five here in a little bit, but just outside of my top five, this is someone that I'm really excited about. You talk about the official measurements that have come out six foot seven and three eighths. I mean, six foot seven and a half there, 330 pounds, 30, almost 35 inch arms, good size hands. This guy physically fits the bill of, you know, what you saw with Spencer Brown last year, someone who was highly coveted. Ryan, I know was a huge fan. He was a leader of that train uh, early on there. And I see a lot of similarities uh, in their games. I think you you see the nastiness. You see the dominance at times at the FCS level. Trevor Penning has been, what, the left tackle for Northern Iowa for two years now, starting left tackle. So multi-year starter. 
and and he he carries the physical traits he carries the film i mean he he puts people on their back constantly and and people will always take digs at the fcs every single year we're going to talk about we talked about it with spencer brown and ellerson smith two northern iowa players who dominated at the fcs level that uh were highly coveted prospects coming out and we're going to talk about it here again so this is another player who just seemingly dominates uh, the SES level, and he's done it for years now, has the physical traits to hold up at the NFL, in my opinion. I don't think he's quite the athlete that you had with Spencer Spencer Brown. I mean, Spencer Brown was a rare athlete. I mean, what, do you have a perfect relative athletic score, RAS score? So you just don't see the, the same caliber of athlete, but I think you, you watch the film, you see a similar level of dominance. So I really like Trevor Penning as one of my, my guys that I think is – probably going to be looked at as an early day three developmental guy that I think could be a superstar if he puts all the things together. Yeah. And he's very, he's a little different than Spencer. And Alex talked about that a little bit. They have similar size profiles. Now Spencer was a little taller, but he's still over six foot seven, which is fantastic. 329 pounds. It's clean 329. He has over 34 mm-hmm. inch arms. He actually has longer arms than Spencer does. Um, did, well, still does has longer arms than he did, which is pretty substantial when he's an inch, maybe an inch and a half shorter than Spencer Brown was. I don't think he's the same caliber athlete either. I think he's a good athlete. I don't think it's like it's good. It's it's on par, maybe even a little bit above average on, on the NFL level. But I think what he has over Spencer, and I will put this out there, is I think that he's much more technically sound, and I think he's much more consistent. The highs of Spencer Brown were much higher, but – the, the peaks wow. were also much lower than Tra- Trevor Penning, too. He stays in a good little window there, and I think he's a good football player. And the NFL does, too. We got the um, spring grades back, third to fourth rounds grades on Trevor Penning. So he's in the same spot Tre- uh, Spencer Brown had. Uh, Spencer Brown was last year around relatively the same spot. The thing that he has going for him is he's going to have a fall season. So the rise could happen for a guy like Trevor Penning. I agree with Alex on that one. He stole mine. And my other guy that I just want to throw out there, and this one is a little bit of a shot in the dark because there's a lot of whispers of some bad off-the-field stuff, um, and he is now looking for a new home. Talking about Dari Rosenthal, who was a former left tackle for LSU last season. He is now in the transfer portal, so we don't exactly know where he's going to end his career. What I will tell you is the kid is very talented, like exceptionally talented, 6'5 plus, 320 plus. I think he's a good athlete. I think he moves well. I think there is a lot of power in the hips. I think that there is a baseline to being a second round caliber player. The question is how deep are the off field issues? Is it things that teams could be comfortable with? I don't know the answer to that right now. Cause you just, it's, it's pure speculation at this point, but I will say as a raw talented football player, there's no reason this kid shouldn't be highly coveted. Yeah, Rosenthal is one of those guys that I watched over the past week or so that on the field, you get. there's a lot to be excited about. Like you said, there's flexibility, there's athleticism, there's a power profile, there's a nastiness to him, burying guys. Uh, the Florida game stands out to me as, as one that I really, really enjoyed for Rosenthal. But there's just I couldn't put him in that, that bucket where I was, I was threatening with the top five simply. On the field, he is, but simply because there's a lot of questions to be left unanswered uh, off the field. This has been something that's come off. What recently yeah. uh, with the, with the transfer entering the transfer portal out of the last couple of weeks? So we'll see. One, he has to land with a program and, and show that he's still the same player moving forward, despite all the 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 noise coming out of that that camp 
over the last couple weeks and, and hereafter. And then he's got to just be able to answer some questions. As simple as that. Every year we have some of these guys, and some of them end up not being as big of a, of a deal as some media makes it out to be. So I'm hoping for Rosenthal, Rosenthal's sake that, look, he can answer the questions, he takes it on, and the NFL becomes comfortable with him. Because if the NFL is comfortable with him as a person, like you said, this is someone that I can easily see as a top 100 pick. Now comes the fun part of the show, which involves some guessing of the top threes for this specific position specific. group. Before we do that, though, the fours and fives of the tackle class for Alex and Ryan. At four, Zion Nelson. Both of you guys have Zion Nelson of Miami in that four spot. At five for Alex, Daniel Falele, Minnesota offensive tackle, the massive human being. And then for Ryan, Charles Cross, Mississippi State. I want to hit on one guy specifically before we get into those top threes and guessing them. How did you guys end up with Zion Nelson as your number so four? So for both me, collectively? this was a, one of the buckets. I, I, I had a hard time distinguishing. So Zion Nelson ended up getting a high thir third round grade, and Charles Cross got a mid third round grade for me. And they were pretty close um, grade wise for me. Zion Nelson stood out comparative to a guy like Charles Cross because one, you talk about projection and how and the where the where it's going, where where the where the um what's the track of the player being successful? 2019, he was a 240 pound offensive tackle recruit that went to Miami and he was forced into duty and I think he got up to like 250 260 pounds for that home opener and everybody remembers the game against Florida, his first game ever. And he got ran around all day by Jonathan Greener and Jamari Zuniga. It was ugly, man. <laughs> and it was ugly for most of the season. It was so up and down. Then all of a sudden, weight, the weight gain happens. He goes into 2020, and he's not even the, guaranteed a starting spot at left tackle. He ends up grabbing the starting spot down to stretch the final six games of the season. Now, after, go, after being a 240-pound recruit, my guy is listed now at six foot five, 316 pounds. And it is good weight. It is really good weight. And why I have him mm -hmm. over Charles Cross is because I love his – I think he has a great body. 35-inch arms, verified. 6'5", well, a little under 6'5", but he's right around that ballpark. And I think that the up athletic upside is fantastic. I think he's a really good athlete. I think his body is tremendous. I think he's got quick feet. The improvements from 2019 to 2020 were outstanding. Like, it was just – so much good in what Zion Nelson did this past year. Is he ready? No, he's not. That's why he got an early third round grade. This guy needs to take that next step. But if but if we saw a similar jump from 2019 to 2020 and that we will get to 2021, this is the kid that right now I am not nearly comfortable to say he's a Trump pick. But if he has that next jump, this could be the guy for me. This is the developmental offensive tackle to have in 2022. I mean, I'm in complete agreement with you here with him because, I mean, you have seen, like you alluded to a moment ago, you have seen a physical change in him over the last 18 months that you don't see anywhere but Northern Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> like that's the only other place that you see such change. Uh, Rhode so Island. Zion Rhode Nelson Island. is someone. Rhode Island's credit, right? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Joe, yeah. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> but Zion Nelson is someone that you – you are seeing the upward trajectory. You are seeing someone get better and more complete of a football player every week. 
someone that not only year after year, 2019 to 2020, and hopefully from 2020 to 2021, you saw it from the first half of the season to the second half of the season. You saw a vast improvement. And so this is someone that I'm banking on continuing to, to build into his body, play into his body and his newfound play strength that he, he has gained with the weight that he has gained over the last couple of years. And I think this is someone that, like you said, is someone that's just going to get better uh, with more reps at that size, someone that's going to get more comfortable in his body and going to be able to withstand power even better as 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 we go. Uh, needs to be a little bit more aggressive, but I think with that added strength, he can be a little bit more aggressive, especially, I think, in the run game. I, I saw a little bit, uh, you know, not having that killer instinct, but you talk about the athleticism, you talk about the great build, I agree. The length is insane. Uh, so you just have a lot to like with Zion Nelson. And Joe, I think he gave up like three sacks in his first ever game or something like that. Zero sacks in 2020. Just a little stat out there for you. The whole season. Good point. Whole season. Yeah. Zero sacks. Yeah, there you go. That was it. Okay. <laughs> All right, let's let's take us home and start guessing these top threes. Ryan, uh, you go first. Me. Guess um, Alex's. For one... <laughs> I'm going to say he likes Evan Neal the most. Number two, I'm going to say he likes Sean Ryan from UCLA. And then number three, I'm going to say he likes Charlton. No. Jackson Kirkland. Mm. Alex? Um, I know Ryan's going to have Ryan at one. Sean Ryan from UCLA. Number one. Number two, I'm going to assume is Evan Neal, because um, you alluded to him definitely being a first-round prospect. Number three, this one I have been thinking about all day. I don't know who it is at all. Um, but I'm going to shot in the dark. I know you don't like Thayer Munford, someone we haven't talked about that people have a lot of fans of. I guess it's got to be Kirkland, too. I just don't know who else it would be. I was thinking Zion Nelson would be that third spot, but then when I saw him at four, I didn't know who to go with. So I'm going to say you have the exact same top three as me. Same exact top four. Okay. There we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Alex hits on it there. You, you guys have identical top fours. Wow. Alex gets the correct get the correct guesses for the top wow. three. Completely correct. Oh my God. Ryan, on the other hand, overthinks it. Known- Per usual, I mean, if you have to, th- if, if, I love it when this happens when it, when they're identical, and then you guys end up, one of you always ends Al- up Alex overthinking is, it Alex a little bit and messing up the order. I like it, man. I like it, son. Good job, <laughs> <laughs> daddy. What did you guess? You guess I, I, I was trying to think of three. So Neil did you one, guess yeah. Neil one? Is that what it was? Oh, okay. Yes, he had okay, Evan okay. Neil one. So we've we've taken the time to talk about. Sean Ryan, we've taken the time to talk about Evan Neal a little bit. I, I would like to get into discussing the guy that you have, you guys both have slotted at three, which is Jackson Kirkland, the Washington offensive tackle. So, uh, so Kirkland can't let be me hear your thoughts on Kirkland because he spells Jackson wrong to start with. Um, Absolutely, that is a great point. Uh, he. <laughs> Alex also spelled Jackson wrong. I did. I spelled it right. I spelled it right. No, I spelled it right. He spells it wrong. (laughs) You spelled it. You spelled his wrong spelling Um, wrong. Yes, that is an extreme double double negative. negative. Um, So, Jackson Kirkland. (laughs) Um, I think that he has good length. uh, 6'7". I think he played around 300 pounds. So, I think he needs to add a little bit of weight. 
he only played. He only started four games at left tackle last year because of the shortened season in the Pac-12. So it's a very limited sample size because he had played offensive guard the previous two seasons. I would say he has a good baseline because I think that he can play multiple positions. I think teams are really going to value that. I think he's a good, solid athlete. I think everything about him is just solid. I think it's a little bit unspectacular, but I think that he is a rock-solid early second-round pick. I think that he might be a guy that is pushed into that first-round conversation if he has a great year at left tackle, but I think that he's just, for me, he's just good. Like, he's a good football player all around. I don't think, I don't see any outstanding traits. I think there's guys that are much traitier than him. I could see Zion Nelson having that rise that maybe he's over top of him eventually. I can see Charles Cross even, maybe, depending on how his body develops. For me, I think that there's just a solid baseline, tackle, guard, versatility. I think Jackson uh, Kirkland's a very solid football player. No, yeah, I think this guy just technically has it all. I think he, he's very stout, understands leverage, uses it very well. He does a great job of walling off defenders. Uh, I just think the football IQ for him is out, out of this world. Uh, so I think this is someone that doesn't wow you with uh, his physical presence. I don't. I think, like you said, Ryan, he plays light. I think he yeah. plays at like 290. I think this is a light football player. Um, but And you kind of see that show up. He's not going to overpower you. He's not going to move you off your spot. But he's going to do a good job of, of getting in your way and, and framing you out, out of the, the gap that you're supposed to be filling. So I think Jackson Kirkland's a yeah. – I think he's a good athlete. I think that's what he has. I think that's – I think he's a good athlete. And I think he does a good job of – of just understanding leverage points and understanding how to get guys where they don't need to be, yeah, which is really all you need to do with offensive tackle position a lot of times. I think this is someone that if you run a outside zone concept, you know, Minnesota Vikings would, I think this might be OT1 if you're the Minnesota Vikings, just because I think the athleticism, the understanding in space to 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 reach, I think he does an exceptional job reach blocking. So I think if, you, if you're talking about an outside zone running scheme, I think this might be your number one offensive tackle, obviously just throwing it in a bucket. I don't see quite the traits all the way around that we did with the top two guys. Ryan, just Sean Ryan, big fan of. Uh, before I even yeah, saw your tweet, so yeah, I don't want to hear that. Uh, he was the Pick, he was the second one. I, now happen, he was the second. Picks I watched him happen. and Evan Neal back to back. I, I'll, okay, I'll, I have some at work. Uh, how do you provide? How do you provide evidence? Yeah, I, don't I know. put it on Twitter. You can go to my search history. You did. I try to keep. Okay, sue me for trying <laughs> to keep up, this Alex. a surprise. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I watched Evan Neal first as someone who I thought was going to be far and away the best, and I worked my way down the board. Sean Ryan was the second person I watched, and watching him back to back, I was like, Sean Ryan's just a better football player as it is. Evan Neal, we talked about at the top of the show. I think he has higher upside. I see more traits in Evan Neal from a size perspective. I think he has better length, but Evan Neal's a little sloppy. And I think Sean Ryan is his lower body is insane. I have never seen the thighs. I don't, I don't want to talk about a man's <laughs> frame like that, but man's got man's got some thighs on him. This guy can move people off their spot. And yeah, that's it. Big old, big old thighs. We're we're gonna. That's gonna be our next big old thighs. branded T-shirt. I mean, he does. This man's to, got to some fair, thighs on him. He does have some thighs on him. And and that's gonna be the next T-shirt. I love, I love Tom Ryan. That's my guy this year, man. I'm man, telling you, that's my guy. I, I'm I with think you 100%. like some sites have him at like ranked for like the hundredth ranked player, 110th ranked player. I'm like, no, dude, no. This that's insane. Good. He's very good. That's All right, well, that's a great note to wrap us up on with a, a comment about men's thighs. Oh, throw something <laughs> in there. Folks, make sure you've... Yeah. 
<laughs> Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Joe DeLeon, at Alex Gilstrap, at Rise and Draft, at NFL Prospects Pod across the board. Uh, also at Believe Podcast, which was recently verified. Um, folks, thanks for tuning in. Hit the subscribe button. Leave us a five-star review. We'll talk to you soon and stay tuned for some more fantastic interviews. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.